You're listening to Aaron's podcast. This episode is about our modern day heroes. The unsung heroes during this COVID-19 pandemic dedicated to our healthcare heroes around the world, including myself. During the COVID-19 pandemic, many healthcare heroes are being pushed to their limits and beyond. As they selflessly care for patients, not only they are under enormous strain at work, they also face the fear of bringing the virus home to their families. So, what can help providers who are feeling exhausted, overwhelmed, or afraid during these difficult times? Now, we would like to hear from them. So hi everyone, um, here is my friend Amy. She works at Christus St. Vincent in New Mexico and I'm gonna ask her some questions. She's one of our superheroes. She's one of the um, essential workers that works um, for the COVID unit over there in Christus St. Vincent. So Amy, hi. Hi. Hi to our audience. Hi everyone. Hi. Okay, so um, so Amy is, um, is is studying currently for a bachelor's of science in nursing and uh, she's she's she used to be my co-worker and she's a great worker she's amazing and she will be a great nurse one day oh thank you erin okay so so amy when did you first realize that you were on the front line and considered as an essential worker um i think it's when i saw everyone else around me uh, who wasn't working in a hospital or i guess an essential position and they were out of a job and I was still having to wake up and go to work every you know, every night for me. I work night shifts um, and I didn't have a disrupt in my normal routine like a lot of other people did. And that's when I felt like it was it was different from everyone around me. Right. Yeah. Um, but how does it make you feel, though? Like, how's the feeling of like, you know, um, right now there's all the praise for all the nurses, all the doctors, all the nursing assistants, mm -hmm. every like every single even the um, the EVS, the ones who work in the like for the cleaning and everything like yeah. the, the food and sanitation. How does it feel that you're actually on top of the of the of the of the line right now? Like everybody's praising all the healthcare. How does how does it make you feel? Well, first, I think and foremost, I feel blessed above anything. I feel so lucky to have this job and have a passion to do it. Um, alongside a lot of other people who have that passion, whether it is, you know, nursing, doctor, EVS, um, anywhere, grocery workers, you know, postal workers, that kind of thing. So I feel so happy to be able to still work and not have some of the worries that come with, um, you know, being out of a job that some people are having right now. And I think um, another feeling that I was, you know, um, after that, that I was kind of feeling was a little lost or left out where everyone had this sort of vacation. And I know not everyone felt that, you know, some, some were um, stressed, more stressed during this time, but people were taking some downtime and getting to relax or think, you know, reflect in and, and, and think about what right. they want to do with their future. And I feel like I haven't had that break. And a lot of other coworkers, you know, feel the same that I've talked to is it, it's not too different other than the, the added emotional impact, I guess, with, with working with these types of patients. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I guess it's like um, different from every hospital, you know, like mm-hmm. you know how you guys like for you guys like it's different because you guys are like like labeled as like the superheroes that you guys are only supposed to be working with the COVID patients and all that stuff. So here it's also mm-hmm. different in LA. So, anyways, another question: Are you okay? Doing? Are you so far okay with? Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So, um. Can you tell me about the uh, motivations around you through the pandemic and what made you feel so strong to keep going? And I know you just you you just um this you're just you just studied in um in the you just enrolled yourself in the nursing school. Like, what's the motivation right now? Like, how you know like what what is your inspiration to proceed? And despite the fact that people are actually backing out, I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah. I can't do this anymore. Like, you you. Um, like, like, like most of us are like giving up. Like, someone mm-hmm. are actually doing like a leave of absence, but you, you're like super, like super strong. You're like motivated <laughs> to do this. Like, you know, yeah. Well, it's still hard. I still think that you know, I, I'm definitely inspired by the people that I go to work with alongside with every day. Some amazing, amazing nurses techs, doctors, respiratory therapists who, you know, we're sitting all together in our PPE, um, sweating and still trying to keep our spirits up, keep each other up, um, trying to play music for the patients or ourselves, you know, the small things that we can, if, if there's any, any moments that we could do that, um, for our patients and trying to connect with each other. But I definitely felt like I have been able to lean on coworkers and, you know, even you, you know, being in another state, people that I feel like I can relate to in these, you know, other superheroes, other amazing nurses and healthcare workers that I feel like we're all in the same boat. (laughs) Of course, I feel like we're all in the same boat. And so we can really lean on each other. And I was, you know, inspired to finish my schooling and, um, you know, do everything that I can and do try to do as much as I can going forward as a healthcare I guess worker. I guess it's that drive like you know to be in the healthcare like yeah you know, it's a different it's a different feeling that you're able to help like if you are with other like I've noticed that when I when I was working in um, um, not in healthcare but when mm. you're actually in healthcare you feel like you can do so much more I mean it's very stressful like we all know that um, yeah. we, 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 we meet a lot of different patients, different personalities, even our coworkers. But when you and when someone like um, appreciates you, like even if you don't remember that single person that you took good care of before, like way <laughs> yeah. back when, the feeling is like feeling that you're in heaven, like, OMG, I really made a difference. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's it's just great to have people to lean on, you know, that help you get through that when it is tough. And, and you I, have a good support system too, mm-hmm. so that's a really good uh, thing. It helps, yeah. Uh, but... Yeah. So, um, can you tell me about a moment um, during the pandemic? I mean, no, it's just started like around March or so. Mm-hmm. Um, that you really felt proud. Like, if there's a, a moment that you felt like, you know, I know you went to Texas. Um, mm-hmm. I think you kind of like, yeah. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah. So my hospital. Um, has some sister hospitals in other states and they were needing some assistance, some relief staff basically to go and work in Texas, different hospitals in, in several areas of Texas and ask for volunteers. And I really wanted to take that opportunity to travel, to work in a different state. And then it was also, Texas is my home state. And so to kind of try and help out my, my home community who I know was a lot harder hit than New Mexico. And so I volunteered to go. I did a two week travel assignment there. And that was a lot of fun. That made me, you know, uh, 
proud as a as healthcare worker to try and step up and be able to assist over there or in different areas. I mean, I think another time where I was really happy and proud of what I do, you know, it made me reflect and, and be thankful for what I do is when we had one of our first patients who was intubated, they were there for several months. They had been there from the beginning um, to see right. them go through the whole process of recovering and actually being able to go home when it was something that we almost, you know, sadly almost put out of our minds and at several times lost hope for, you know, for them. Yeah. And then to see them go home was just a beautiful, beautiful story. Oh, thank you, Amy. Um, another <laughs> thing. Thank you so much. And for all the things that mm -hmm. you have done, um, like, you know, for the community in New Mexico and volunteering to mm -hmm. go to Texas, you know, like, like you actually made a difference from like, you know, even even this sim the, the simplest thing that you have done to the patient, even for the hospital, the organization, it's like it means a lot. And, you know, like I knowing you, like how you work, you're actually like one of the best CNAs and you're going to be a really great nurse one day. I already said I already I already told you that so many times. <laughs> Thank you, Erin. That means a lot coming from you. I'm like, I said, I'm inspired from <laughs> but honestly, like though, you. I mean, I, honestly, though, it's 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 the truth. I mean, you, I'm you. not the only one who's going to uh, um, say something about that. It's actually like most of the people that worked with you before. Oh, you know, thank like, you. I know you're studying, and, and thank you so much for taking the time to actually answer all my my podcast questions. Of course. <laughs> all right. So I have another one though. Um, another one is um um. Okay. So, can you um, can you tell me about um the moment that challenged you, or maybe you saw a colleague um like a like a colleague struggling during this um pandemic, like the mm -hmm. COVID nineteen since it started. Um, I think personally for me, the hardest was going to Texas, um, not having the, you know, supportive coworkers that I'm used to seeing every day, you know, seeing a different type of pa patient population, a uh, lot sicker patients, um, higher acuity, and unfortunately a lot more um, deaths in that time frame that I was there um, than I was seeing back home in New Mexico. And so emotionally and physically um, working those two weeks was... was was hard yeah yeah so that was those took a toll you know for me and i had to come back and kind of regroup and you know think and i think um you know when i saw other co-workers go through that here and and in texas as well you know wonderful nurses that i met out there go through it was hard to see and again having people that i could relate to helped out you know all right thank yeah. you ames oh my mm -hmm. goodness okay mm -hmm. So another question, um, if you could give yourself a piece of advice in January 2020, um, what advice would you give yourself to work through the pandemic? Um, is there anything you would have done differently? I don't know. I was thinking I would try to tell myself, yeah, I'm stubborn, but I would try. I think we're all stubborn in healthcare because we feel guilty for not being able to pick up more shifts or go out and do more. But I would really try and tell myself to take that time, take my days off relax, take a bath, eat a good meal and take care of myself so that I can better serve my patients. And I think that's something that we all, you know, try to tell ourselves as much as we tell our patients as well, too. You got to take care of yourself for you to get healthier and get better. Um, we true. need to learn that. <laughs> so it's kind of I hard. know. <laughs> 
that's true yeah yeah so um i know that you just started um like you know looking into um um uh nursing and mm-hmm. um of course maybe one day you would like to be a doctor or you know like <laughs> i know you whatever you want to do in the future you will do great and you'll be very oh. successful because uh, just the passion in you is so it's like there's a fire in you amy <laughs> <laughs> okay so um will Thank you, you think that um will you remain in your current role when the crisis is over like when all of this is over are you going to um like you know with all the experience that we have right now with the covid mm-hmm. and um Th- that will make us better you know like you know this is probably not the first that we still have the flu coming in october yeah yeah you know yeah so the way we have it set up is they are you know keeping the the covid unit open basically we have it um sectioned off and we're kind of i don't i don't know if it would be on call we're just kind of waiting if that you know that other wave comes that we're we're that designated staff to jump back in and be ready to take care of our community again so i'm definitely you know still volunteering for that and waiting um other than that i'm just working in any other areas of the hospital that's needed right now all right thanks ames mm-hmm. so welcome. how about this i know this is very unbiased um, or whatever but <laughs> yeah. i mean this one this question would um say like how do you feel about the government's response to the covid i think <laughs> I, yeah I'm i know not gonna, i'm not gonna tell this to, to trump i promise <laughs> <laughs> i don't report me, no i think so you know i have two different views locally i feel like our governor here in new mexico it was a hard decision either way i think you know everyone had had a very hard decision to make based off of their community economy what everyone else wanted them to do um i feel very fortunate to live in a state where our governor shut things down quickly and we're still not at full capacity open i think we're at 25% for restaurants as of like maybe last weekend um or last week and i think wow. that really helped our numbers and our cases and overall our death you know toll especially after going to Texas and seeing a different community where it was almost the exact opposite they stayed open longer and then you know opened back up as soon as they could and then what happened was we had to go out there and you know have be released or staff relief because their numbers were so high and so seeing the two types of decisions that were made and how it affected the community i feel really lucky locally lucky locally to um you know have that that governor make that decision but then <laughs> as far as the US i wish that you know we kind of had that same outlook <laughs> and <laughs> i know i mean how about your the community like you know like um basically start with uh the 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 the, the community in new mexico i feel like everyone was you know pretty scared right away and so you know as much as it sucked it kind of helped everyone kind of stayed in and you know was watching the news trying to figure out what they needed to do and that um i think or you know from what i saw kind of help keep our numbers down and try to keep us all um i guess open minded and focused on the news or trying to figure out what what new information is coming out so we can figure out what we need to do um so i feel kind of proud in the community for for doing that um i know again it's it's hard and there's a lot of different factors going in that whether making money or um whether the economy your family mental health different things but um I feel Thank you, so happy. So how about the the hospital part though? Like like how is the support from the um you know for the nurses, the CNAs, mm-hmm. the doctors, the respiratory therapists, every single um one of you guys that worked with the covid. I know you guys have like uh like a different label mm-hmm. in the hospital compared to what we have here. Like ours we do have a unit 
but our unit is only like well like let's say we there's a med, med medical tally unit uh-huh. that unit is closed or maybe if we hold on to surgeries at the time we close these surgeries and then they these nurses and these nurse practitioners or these um nurse specialists they actually became the superheroes on that unit so oh, if, wow. if the surge is up we we open this unit and then there's another unit like a backup especially right now when we're you know like like the flu is coming soon. yeah so right now our ortho unit is basically closed so with you guys what's the like how does this hospital or the the administration actually support the nurses that to especially with around this time do you guys have any incentives or anything like that yeah they did do an incentive for the um, superhero staff a pay incentive um, that um, has I, I think also helped with the motivation of course you know no one can deny that but I promise you I'm not a spokesperson for the hospital but I am so happy with how they treated us and I keep telling you know whoever I can our bosses and stuff that like I'm not getting paid to say this but they have taken care of us and I think Aww. the big reason that made me see that was going to Texas and seeing a hospital system that wasn't able to do that and I don't think it was you know malicious or ill intent it really was um, the numbers and they didn't have a, a response in place uh, for something they weren't expecting to be that hard hit and again I bring it back to the the government and the community here I'm keeping the numbers low or those decisions that were made to keep it low along with how amazing the hospitals you know looked out for us and try to make sure that we're like separate contained they check in with us all the time and try to do debriefings or spiritual meetings and it's really helped us kind of focus and get through this together wow that's amazing yeah how about like okay how about the fear though like the apprehension that you have like you may have brought this virus to your house to Mm -hmm. your home like how 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 do you how do you manage that time you know like how 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 are things with you like for me it's easy for me because i live by myself so yeah anything that i have the virus with my with my scrubs I just have to kind of like go to the bathroom and take a take a nice shower. <laughs> yeah. You though, it's different. So like it's different from every nurse, every CNA that has a daughter that has a son. How do you feel that? Like what? How, I, what is your apprehension? You know? Yeah, I think that played a big part in the people who were able to and decided to eventually, you know, volunteer to be a part of the superhero team. I know I spoke with a lot of people without the hospital or throughout the hospital who really wanted to be a part of it, but they were fearful. They had families at home and they, you know, wouldn't want to risk it. And I don't blame them. That's, you know, I mean, they're already superheroes for being nurses anyways and in, in other parts of the area of the hospital. But um, it was easier for me because it's just me and my boyfriend and my little doggy who live at home. So I was just worried about it. <laughs> we had to talk about it. You know, I was like, you know, I want to do this. I really, you know, my my. My heart is is in this. I want to be a part of the superhero team, and so decided to do it. The unfortunate thing is I haven't been able to see my family since January, and, uh, or I mean, just, that was just the last time I went home. So it's been hard, but um, it's definitely you know you think about it all the time. Of what I bring home, keeping your shoes separate, you know, like your clothes separate. Says, the superhero saying that um, with with great power comes great you know like responsibility <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so that's pretty that's why you call our we are called superheroes like you know yeah 
Well, I appreciate your time, Amy. Thank you so much for joining us. Of course, thank you. With me right now, okay. Thank you. Thank you. I wish you best of luck in everything. Again, you you're too, an inspiration. You um, I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, you too. Bye bye. Bye. <laughs> Hello everyone, we are back on another episode for the healthcare heroes during the pandemic, COVID-19. So now, I'm talking to my charge nurse, this is John. We're gonna interview my charge nurse about the whole pandemic, especially at this time in LA. Okay, John, hi, say hi. Hi, everyone. Okay. Hey, John, when did you first realize that you were on the front line and considered as an essential worker? Um, if I can remember correctly. <laughs> I think back when we had the first cases, I think back in March or end of February, I think it was my dad's birthday. I wanted to go home. I wanted to go visit him up north uh, in Northern California, but I was having doubts or second, I was second guessing myself of trying to actually travel or drive up north just because of how, how much, uh, there's a lot of questions during that time with the whole COVID stuff. Uh, there was a lot of um, uncertainty with what needs to be done or how is it how it spread how 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 are people con contracting the virus so i was kind of scared just because i don't know if i if i'll bring something to my dad if i do visit or i'll catch something from there and bring it back here or something like that so the only reason why um we were named as essential workers, I guess, was when, I guess, through the media were being labeled as uh, essential workers, you know, uh, especially hospital workers, grocery people, um, and just, um, like the firemen, police yeah, the firemen, officers, police, yeah. yeah. So but much, since like, you're like, workers, since you're in really in the front line taking care of these patients. But the thing is, it's we're not. We shouldn't be considered front lines. We should be like the last line, or last line of defense for as far as people getting sick. So we're there. Um, we're not doing. You know, we're not out there doing what we can to help people, but we're that people come to us. So we're not. We necessarily. We're not necessarily called. You know, we shouldn't even be called front lines because we're not at the front lines. We're actually behind um, everything like else. Like we're the we're last like, resort. We're like the last resort that people come to us when they're actually sick. So, but, but I mean, it is, you know, we are essentially called, you know, essential workers, especially. Yeah. How did this make you feel that you are considered like that, like an essential worker or maybe people when everybody is like, behind like or maybe like stepping back at from first it was it was a nice little label or you know a label to be to have at least from from the public but then you get but then again you, you get the other side of the spectrum where because you're an essential worker or at least you're you're a healthcare worker 
um, a healthcare worker, people actually are scared of you. You know, so you have That's that true. stigma. So you, you, you could either be proud or actually be fearful or just trying to be in public because lately, I mean, there's a lot of incidences where people have been, you know, have had horror stories about like what just, happened yeah just being in you know being out in the groceries and scrubs mm -hmm. people would you know just throw water at you or just give you just mean looks or at least like you're something that you're, you have yeah, you're like you're carrying some sort of disease on you already which you it's know true. sometimes it's not even that case but people develop some sort of stigma against you yeah. so um next question can you tell me about the motivations around you through the pandemic and what made you feel so strong to keep going? Well, motivation-wise, it would especially it would be my family. I mean, of course, my family, especially my parents, you know, they're part of the, at least the statistics of being more prone or at least um, they're at a higher risk than than the rest uh -huh. of the people so i mean there that's a motivation for me to keep make sure they're safe i'm always checking up on them make sure you know i scold them <laughs> make, sure, <laughs> make sure they're wearing a mask every time if they need to go out but as much as possible as possible stay indoors if you know you have other people that can do stuff for you to bring it home bring it to you then just do that so I mean, that's a good motivation for me and then being here being in a position where you know as a charge nurse, you have to at least keep yourself updated with the new policies that, that always changes. So that's another motivation to make sure that everyone else is aware of what was, you know, what you learned at least and just spread it amongst your peers. Okay, I think we, we answered the next question. Um, can you tell me about a moment that challenged you or maybe you saw someone who is struggling, especially around this time? since the whole thing started in March, around March? So, a uh, challenge would be, I mean, especially in the beginning when nothing else, or at least um, policies or at least procedures hasn't been sta standardized. We're still developing how to cope or at least work around um, dealing with COVID-19 uh, patients or at least the COVID-19 uh, disease itself. So with the virus spreading and we're not, we don't know how exactly how, like the, the mechanism of action, how disease works or how it spread, it was challenging to actually keep up with, you know, how for like one day it's a, there's a policy or a new standard was raised for us to follow. And then the next day they change it just because That's there's, you know, there's other stuff that they found through evidence-based kind of practices. So. It, that's a challenge, but and then having to make sure ensure that people are aware of, of the the changes that come up, making sure that everyone else is aware too, and implementing it and keeping with it too was a challenging at first. But eventually, as time progresses, then we kind of set more of a standardized um, way how to handle things. So which made it a lot more easier too. Thank you. Um, if you could give yourself a piece of advice and travel back in January of 2020, what advice would you give yourself to work through the pandemic? 
Is there anything you would have done differently? Yes, build a time machine. Go back. To <laughs> <laughs> Go travel in the next year. <laughs> no, but um, if I had known it was going to be like this, I would be more prepared as far as, you know, uh, ensuring that we have proper PPEs, especially. Or at least um, having kind of contingency plans in case of an emergency or, you know, like a pandemic, something like this. Have more of a plan mm -hmm. um, so that way when something like this happens again or you know something like this you're more prepared on how to go through the pandemic itself or even just any kind of tragedies or disasters so disaster planning would be one um, ensuring that you have enough um, sick hours too especially yeah because uh, that's that's tough uh, that's a tough one too because just because you know there's not a lot of um, I feel like support as far as um, I mean they've tried as far as you know other employers have tried with um, ensuring that you have you know they give you enough hours for sick calls but then again you know it's not always it doesn't always reflect that way but um, yeah so just you know as far as having an advice, just have yourself give yourself enough time to be prepared and have uh, an actual plan in case something All else right. happens. Thank you. So um, we know that there's a lot of nurses that's been stepping back, going LOA, leave of absence, because of the fact that they're kind of like, you know, scared that they're going to bring that virus. And I mean, we have families to go home to. We have parents, like you said, and we're also scared. but you remain to be here at the moment like you're working and although the other nurses or the other staff are stepping back i'm like you know what i can deal with this but you're here but when you think like like when all of this is over are you going to be like you know you're still gonna be the same nurse that you were before or you're going to like you know are like what 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 is the motivation that you have that basically like to keep you on the, your current role, like, like you're not gonna change anything. I mean, this, I, I for me, it, this is gonna make me better. You yeah, know? I feel like going through the pandemic this time around. I feel like um, I'm more conscientious, I guess, of how I should go about things, um, especially being, you know, being looked up as a leader um, for at least my peers. Then. It's uh, overcoming challenges to um, having to deal with, you know, the whole no visitation policy kind of stuff to um, and, and implementing it. Uh, that's, you know, I mean, that's difficult, but it's something that has to be done. Um, being in this role, I mean, I started it before the pandemic started, so I'm going to continue it, but I feel like I'm going to be better prepared to go forward if something else happens. Mm -hmm. And then we do have a lot of support, especially with management, too. So, yeah. How about um, how do you feel? I mean, I'm not this is not funded by Trump or anything, but how do you feel like government wise? Government wise, I mean, uh, the support, the support. I mean, it's there, I feel like, but it's just it took a while for something to get um, implemented or at least um, given to the public. And then I feel like the there's far more resources that can be used 
um, appropriately, uh -huh. not just giving away, you know, some, I guess, free checks for, not necessarily free, but then, you know, checks for, um, what do you call them? The... Like the stimulus check? Yeah, like the, well, the stimulus check, especially. So, I mean, I feel like it could have gone to everyone else, especially, you know, with this so-called key essential workers we, we never got anything i know yeah, as far you know i mean we're out there we should at least get some comp not necessarily compensation but you know at least some assistance too just because yes we're working we do have you know hours that we would but it feels more of a burden mm -hmm. to have to sometimes have feel like uh you're obligated to to work but and then you see you know it's just a different view of how you see other people just receiving you know stimulus checks from the government and they're just spending it on just random stuff that's true so i agree it's hard on that to, one. you know it's hard to to i mean it's not that's not how everyone's doing it but it's just what you see in, in social media as well yeah how about our community like pasadena wise pasadena wise they've been good they've been really good uh, especially with the community they've um, there's always resources, especially in Los Angeles County. They've done free testing for everyone, at least for uh, the residents of LA County. Um, the mayor of LA has been pretty proactive too. With, and the governor. And the governor, yeah. Ensuring, you know, with the whole social distancing, ensuring um, parks or beaches are closed at, at times when it needs to be and having to enforce law enforcement so it's good it's needed thank but, you yeah. so much for your time and i wish you well thank you john thank you. hello everyone welcome back to our episode today i'm introducing you to two of my co-workers working as an essential worker here at Huntington Memorial Hospital in Pasadena. First, we have April and Christine. So we are actually a unit that um, we have a really good teamwork and we work hand in a hand each with each other. If there's anything wrong, we're always gonna be here for each other. We're always here for patient safety. And it's kind of hard right now because they have families to go home to. And we would like to listen to them on how this um, you know, pandemic had has evolved, especially at this time, you know, like the anxiety and the apprehensions that you have for their family. Okay, let's start with April and then we'll, and then we'll end up with Christine. So April, when did you first realize that you were on the front line and considered as an essential worker? Um, honestly, when the COVID-19 started here in California, I think around March, I was off because I'm on baby bonding. So that time I feel so lucky because I was off for a month. So I don't, because that time I think people are not um, prepared and we're all surprised like because we're we're like hearing news from china from asia but not here in california so when we all found out i was like i was off so i was like thank god i'm still at home i know my co-worker are like, like 
having a hard time. Yeah, hard time right now, anxious, and I'm hearing that there are not much um, PPE, so so I'm kind of like just praying for them. Okay. So when the day comes that I have to go back to work, like oh, so I park in the parking lot, and then I have to wear masks. I brought masks from home because uh, we bought masks, and then. We have to check our temperature, and then I said, like, this is the real battle. So, yeah. I kind of feel like, um, like... It is hard during the first, you know, in April. It is very hard. Like, we don't know what to do. We're, like, experimenting about stuff. True, on, true yeah. Because um, even that time, we're not wearing N95. We're just wearing... Wearing a regular mask. Regular mask. Yeah. And then we were even told like, hey, um, like we have to reuse them, which is kind of like, really, we have to do this. Yeah, and also I remember that time that um, not all patients that coming to EDR are being tested, and not all patients that we're admitting is also being tested. I think that time the testing is kind of. Like, if you have symptoms, they will test you, but if you so, don't have symptoms... So, provided that you were still on leave at that time, and then if this happened, what? how did it make you feel, especially that you have a little boy, and then you come to work all of a sudden from being off for quite some time, then you went back to, you know, like, like you went back to work, and then you went home with the pandemic just started... How was the feeling of like, oh my gosh, I have a baby? I was so scared. So scared. Because I, uh, at home, I have my family. I have two sons, which is like a baby, a year old, and uh, a 10 year old. And, I, and my mom and dad lives with me. And my mom has a lot of comorbidity, like she's diabetic she's stroke patient she has do you have to go like a ritual like how you would like no i planned ahead because remember i was on i was off so i planned ahead of time like i said like if um if i have to go back we have like a garage and in our garage there's like a like a shower there so i told my husband like if i'll go home make sure that all my things are at the garage i'm not gonna come until, until I time. showered okay. and nobody will gonna touch me so okay. I, I oriented that to, with them so that they know because usually my son will hug me will kiss right. me even the little even the my youngest if, if, he, if he hear my voice he automatically like yeah come with me how about um Christine let's ask Christine um being a essential worker at this time how what like like what April said she comes home, she's scared for her family. You guys have families here. Unlike me, I live by myself. So if I come home, I really don't have to worry about anything. But with you guys, you have family, and then you come work in a hospital. And then how how's the feeling of like you're very scared, I bet, to go home to your family that you might be carrying some virus and you di- you may not even know. First, I, I had to um, isolate myself just to make sure that I'm not going to spread any germs to anyone, especially my loved ones. Mm-hmm. Secondly, I make sure I wash my clothes, take a shower, wash my hands all the time, um, buy those Lysol, any kind of sanitation, sanitizer that I can find at work. 
I can find in the supermarket, grocery store, and everything like that that will help me be clean and not spread the germs. Right. Yeah, that's true. But right now, with all the people, like we know nurses, um, other workers that are trying to be, you know, like try to stay at home, take a leave of absence, but you guys are here. What motivates you to continue what you're doing? And hopefully in the future, your guys are going to stay in this healthcare. Like what? is it like the drive in you like the fire burning in you to be to continue to work for other people because basically being in a healthcare is very noble like it's a service it's very selfless so what drives into your like like your motivation that oh my gosh this is very like if i if i was gonna be like a typewriter or let's like a secretary it does like for me it's there's a different fire that i wanted to be in this profession like what is your motivation aside from like it's good money especially when you're here in the u.s but there's something in there that you really wanted to be in this you know in this field let's start with april uh, what motivates me i think um of course my family they are they are, all, they are my motivation and being a nurse um, it's a profession. It's a call of duty. Like whether you like it or not, because it's a calling, you have to respond. You cannot say, "Oh no, I'll just stay at home." I, I don't think it will work. Cause um, as a nurse, you have to be aware that um, that it's part of your oath. That right. Whatever circumstances comes, you have to. Take care and help and respond. Yeah. How about Christine? Like, what motivates you to stay in this profession? You know, like. Honestly, after work, I went to Wands grocery store, so I was wearing scrubs. People are staring at me from head to toe, like I, like, I am. Um, I have germs. Uh huh. You know, like I have the this COVID coronavirus and everything like that. They they were away from me. They were staring bad that I'm spreading germs around them but there's this one customer went up to me and thank you and thank me from the bottom of her heart that I was saving people in in this kind of crisis uh helping out to keep them alive that's true which it gave me tears and it gave me hope that that's not everyone yeah it's not the end of the world. Not everyone hates you as yeah. being a nurse or being in the healthcare Care profession. Because like I said, it's, it is really a calling. It's, like, it's, some, it's not like just a job you just want to apply to. It is a calling from above that, hey, I call you to be an instrument to help out with these you know, like sick people and everything. Okay, so I guess um, she answered my fifth question. But um, if you could, if you guys could give a pe- uh, yourself a piece of advice in January 2020 when the pandemic wasn't there yet, I mean, wasn't here in California, what advice would you give yourself to work through the pandemic until the one that was um, started to be called as like uh, emergency, like a world emergency and a pandemic? I think that was started in March 11. Is there anything you would have done differently? I, for me, I would have saved a lot of 
math. <laughs> no, uh, Lysol. <laughs> yeah. But how about you guys? What what is there anything that you could have done differently in prepare in preparing for this crisis? Maybe taking care of myself more. Because I don't drink vitamins. I don't like. I'm not used to what I'm doing right now. Because right now I have to take vitamin C. I have to take zinc. I have to take those. Yeah, ju- just prevention. Just for prevention. But maybe, maybe if I knew I should have started taking vitamins before. Yeah. The eating more healthy foods before. Okay. How about you, Christy? Like, what is, like, um, if is there anything that you would have done differently to prepare for this pandemic? Like, maybe groceries or something? Yes. Number one, always wash your hands, which I which I do, but you not... You do. But not as the... As often as right now. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's different now. Yes. Like, yeah, yeah, that's true. Plus, grocery for, like, emergency, like, fire. Stuff. Yeah, I know. Earthquake and this kind of pandemic that we have right yeah, now. Yeah, with the I, fires I and... Think Everybody is kind of surprised with this kind of pandemic. I know it it's takes been a like <laughs> I think a hundred years. Yeah, since the last time that we had time. one, right? So okay, so this is not funded by Trump or the anti-Trump, but how do you feel about the government's response? Right now, I think we're responding very well compared to the, the first month. Because I think right now the census of COVID is like trending down. Okay. And um, like I love our governor. I do love him. I mean, he's really quick and fast to respond. I don't know about national wide. And I think people nowadays are educated now. Like, yeah, compared to, to when we had first like in uh, March, right? We yeah. like we don't know what to do. Bro. How about you, Christine? For me. America is a very slow because other country they were fast. They're, they're COVID free. We are so hard headed, like in Orange County, they don't wear masks at all everywhere they go. That's true. So yeah, not everybody are like uh, compliant. Yes, compliant to everything that is going on. And That's true because how sick. come Sweden was able to be free, right? And New Zealand is free. Yes. But they don't accept any outside. Which is, I don't blame them, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. We yeah. are slow in that one. Okay, so um, last question. How do you feel about your community's response? Like Pasadena Wise or wherever you guys are, you know, like live. I think Pasadena is pretty cool because remember we had like a little bit of. Uh, I live in Pasadena, so I think they were doing okay. I don't know about the rest. I think there are certain areas that are doing okay. There are certain areas that is not doing okay. Like what you said in Orange County, they are not compliant. Yes. Like a lot of people go to beaches, like beaches party, clubs, party, not wearing yeah. masks. Yes. Yeah. So it depends in every city. But I think in our city, we're all good. Like I don't hear like dying people from COVID. But I know there are cases there. But not like that like um like going out without a mask because every time i i drive outside i think i see people like wearing masks 
thank you so much guys for helping me out um with my episode too i wish you well and thank you guys for listening bye thank you bye Um, I'm here for another episode for the for our modern day heroes of the COVID-19 pandemic. Here we have um, one of our charge nurses here at Huntington Memorial Hospital, um, Natalia Luna. Um, she is one of our PFC. And we're going to talk about um, the feelings, anxiety, the stigma surrounding the COVID-19 pandemic and um, what are the uh, what are the possible ways to improve the stigma of other people when it comes to healthcare workers like us here at Huntington and anywhere anywhere else around the world. Hi Nat, do you want to say hi to everyone? Hello. Yeah, so by the way, Nat is how old are 35 weeks pregnant. Almost 36. Wow. So she's she's um I I am so um I feel like um I, I, I look up to you guys so much having to be like, you know, the wrong time to be bearing a child right now, bringing somebody really innocent in what's going on with the world right now. But anyways, um, we're going to welcome her. She's, uh, she's, she, this is her last day working with me. She will be um, with her maternal leave, right? Yeah, for Totan. And um, please, let's pray for her safe delivery soon. Okay, so Nat, are you ready for my questions? Yes. So, I know um, I worked with you when the last that we started, you know, like the we had cases coming up here. We didn't know what to do. You were my my PFC at that time. Um, did you realize that you were on the front line that time? Like you were like you're. It's gonna happen. I think there was a lot of controversy. Uh, I think I realized I was in the front lines when everything shut down and yet I still had to come to work and my family got really frightened for me because I was pregnant and I still had to come to work um, but I wasn't sure it, it was everything at first it, it was like I wasn't sure if we were going to get patients if they were going to go somewhere else there was just everything was up in the air and when we finally did get that one patient it was very nerve-wracking because they didn't really tell us how to manage that was the first that one right yeah yeah so i mean we even had just a housekeeping that actually had more experience to let us know like well we needed to close the door so it's like oh well nobody even told <laughs> yeah. me yeah so I, I feel like at first it was just a lot of anxiety of how to deal with the situation and then you know how to have a, a covid a rule out covid patient in the same hallway as all other uh, immunosuppressed patients it, it was just it was a lot to take in so I, I definitely think we didn't start off on the right foot but I, I think now things are, are better, better. Yeah. but we couldn't also say no to them like of hey course, we, yeah. right so but then yeah. they're the fear like how when 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 you went home at that time like I know you went into the room and you were you know and you're pregnant did you have any fear at all that you know like this patient might be you know you know, it, it is. It's it's scary because there was a lot of unknowns at the time. Not that there's that many uh -huh. now, but being pregnant and not knowing if it affects the fetus, if not sure if it was airborne or right, if it was droplet. Or droplet. So I mean, I, I 
was trying to assist you because I was trying to be the charge nurse. But at the same time, I was trying not to go into the room and right. staying by the door, but being supportive. So it, it was a difficult situation, but I, I don't know. You know what? It was was really like you know like um like like what motivates me being there. I'm like oh my gosh, it's not that I have tonight. Like she she got my back. So you know like um you're always like stepping up for us whenever we need to, and you're also pregnant. So I was like oh we got this. Yeah. Like you know even though it's kind of hard and going home, and especially for me, I'm okay because I live by myself. But how about? Like you guys with family, I don't know how it feels like. I would be terrified going home, but how does it feel? Like you have a little, it was, little girl. It was, it was hard. So I have a toddler at home, and then I also have a two step kids. So it, it was hard because I wasn't sure if okay should I take my toddler to my mom's while this whole pandemic is going on? How long is the pandemic gonna last? You know, my baby at that time, my baby wasn't even two yet. So, I'm um, like, can I be away from her for long periods of time? How is it going to affect her? Uh, so, it was it was really hard. So, my plan originally was if I had to have COVID patients and I was going to get... I was thinking worst case scenario. Um, I was just going to seclude myself at in one part of my house. Which my significant my other God. thought it was crazy. He's like, how are you going to do that? But I just couldn't imagine not having my daughter at home at least with my significant other so I I don't know it it was there was a lot back and forth and then also with my my family like my mom and my sisters they were all very worried yeah till this day I know a lot of families um, are a little more comfortable and they don't wear masks around each other but right till this day we all still wear a mask around each other and I think it's because I work in a hospital so if, you know, it's it's hard, it's frustrating to see other families doing what you want to do, but then you still have to think of the safety of your family. Yeah. So you're extra cautious. Right. So, I, I don't know, it's it's still difficult, but it, it's, it, it's yeah. better. How do you feel, like, you know, like, the stigma right now? Like, if, if you know you're aware, like, you know, you're aware that we work in the hospital, but the stigma is never going to go away, like, like you know the least we could do is to like you know grab some groceries outside and then although although Huntington has like given us like like other stuff to do like like giving us the support that hey you could shower you can change your clothes before you go to the grocery store that way you don't get mocked or you go get thrown away with some garbage how do you feel with those co-workers like going out you know like like being like being judged discriminated you know it's it's really sad and it's and it's hard because obviously we chose this career to help other people and I don't think we ever thought we were going to actually be in a pandemic situation. It's not something that we chose right. to be in. We kind of were just thrown into it. So the fact that you don't have the support from your community and um, are looked down upon because you're a threat to them, it's, it's not fair because we do ch- take all the precautions necessary um, that are recommended here at the hospital and especially because we also have families at home and then we have you know we, we still support them so we need to eat we need to Survive. you know run our errands or whatever we need to pay bills same as everybody else but we don't get the luxury of staying at home we have to work to work yeah so 
in that sense, I think it's really difficult. Um, I know myself, I started ordering online, like using the apps and just having, you know, food <laughs> delivery services, even if it was a little more expensive. expensive. But I just, I didn't want to be, you know, I felt like I couldn't go to the market afterward because people were going to frown upon me for wearing scrubs, even though I didn't work in a COVID unit. I just, I, I felt like I didn't want to deal with it. So I always just ordered online. Until I know, it's just a precaution, right? Yeah. Yeah, so um, in this time that we're on it, there's there's advantages, there's a disadvantage. The advantage is that we still have our job. Well, others are stepping back or, or jobless. But, um, but that motivates us to be, you know, like um, to be here and because this is what we signed up for. But is it something like, being a frontliner right now, although it has the the advantages and disadvantages, does it make you feel proud that you are at this time? I definitely. I feel like, you know, what we're going through, we're going through it day by day. But uh-huh. if you think about it, we're making history. So, you know, 30 years down the line when I have, if I have grandchildren or, you know, other family members, like, I'm going to be able to tell them, like, I was present. I was there. I was making a difference. And not everybody gets a chance to do that. So um, I definitely think that it's a proud moment for nursing and for healthcare uh-huh. and for anybody else who's essential. It's not easy, but it's it's kind of like our time to step up and people to really acknowledge what we do. So that's kind of like, you know, like the hopefully the, the, the mentality of other people that, you know what, we should take good care of these people who's taking care of those that are contracted by the virus not like discriminate them you know it has to have like a we need to stop the stigma we need to stop the um the judgment there that we're actually the ones spreading the virus because we work in the hospital and we're actually be with the unit with the patients you know so um this thing um in this like time right now like i know we just started like swabbing patients and all that was there a moment the time that we started the pandemic here in LA um, that, we, that, that we were challenged as a charge nurse when, um, or maybe you saw a colleague struggling with the whole situation that hey I'm not gonna take a patient like this or you know like have you ever had that experience I think I think we kind of I don't I didn't have anybody per se not take a patient I think everybody in our unit has been very proactive and um, very helpful in that sense. I think um, it's it's been a challenge in, in the sense of I feel the hospital it's better now, but at, you know as time and the pandemic progressed, um, they didn't they weren't clear in exactly what we should do in every scenario. So it, it was difficult to maybe get a patient from ER that still had pending results when we were told we weren't supposed to. So it's kind of like people were contradicting themselves from different units and we're just trying to provide the best care for the patient but also take in mind the safety of our own patients that we have here now and our staff. Right. So I feel like in that sense it was very challenging but you know, like I said, everybody has been very supportive and, you know, has taken patience and has kind of dealt with the situation. Luckily, um, 
I don't think we've had too many exposures, though we have had a couple. Um, so it, it's it, it's definitely a challenge, but I think we've been doing well so far. Yes, that's that's good, and I think um, I I feel the same way with you. Like I'm there. So um, if you could give yourself a piece of advice in January 2020, like this, when it all started, what advice would you give yourself to work through the pandemic? Is there anything you would have done differently? I don't think so. Um, I think I think you're, you're never really prepared for the situation that we're put into. Um, I definitely tried my best in being a nurse and at the same time being a mom and being pregnant. So <laughs> I took all the precautions necessary and you know and, and tried to research and um, I think so far the fact that we're this far into the pandemic and luckily I haven't been exposed even though I've, I am a frontliner. So I, I feel like I think you just can't because you don't know the circumstances that you're going to be thrown into in every situation in every state every hospital is different so I feel like I did okay right and then also this virus is actually new everybody is still studying yeah. right we don't even know what's yeah, so, going on what's so going to happen I feel like you can't necessarily prepare for something that you don't have all the answers to right you kind of just have to go by the new information that's arriving uh-huh on a day-to-day basis and just kind of roll with it and try to be as safe as possible right um how do you feel like the government's response to the whole situation i mean in comparison to other third world countries i think we're doing okay but how do you feel as like personally like your opinion personally i feel like obviously in in comparison to third world third world countries we are um, lucky to have all the resources that we do have. Uh-huh. Um, I think we could have definitely been more proactive into um, not spreading the virus as much as we did here. Um, seeing how other countries were dealing with it and then how still we're dealing with it, I don't feel it has been as effective. I feel like what we're doing now as in testing everybody that comes in through ER, should have been done from the get-go. Um, I think we just waited till we had so many cases that we started worrying, where we should have been worrying from the from beginning. the start, yeah. yeah. So, definitely the government did not do a good job. <laughs> but, uh, but I, I agree with you on that one, <laughs> though. But... Um, I mean, that's something we don't necessarily have control over, so it, it's... But like, in comparison to other countries, I think we're to, okay. The yeah. third world countries, yeah, I, mean, I mean. Yeah, in comparison to other countries, we are doing okay in the sense that, you know, we are we have the luxury of having all this equipment and True. protective gear. So, I mean, we have to be Our papper. <laughs> yeah, we have to be thankful for what we have. Yes, and not waste them. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about C- Pasadena, like Huntington Weiss, Pasadena's response? I think for me, it's they're doing okay, like giving us like the the mass, right? Right. But for you, what? It, how do you feel about the community's response to the whole situation? I think um, I think Pas- the working here at Huntington has been 
has been okay in, in the sense where, I mean, I don't work at any other hospital. I don't know exactly the protocols that they've been through. Um, but I feel like we've always had a mask available to us. We've always had a shield. Um, there's been training. So um, I think along with how the government is responding to it and CDC, they try to go by the guidelines and they've been changing and so has Huntington. So um, I think we're all kind of just rolling with it together, but so far it's been okay. Right. Thank you so much, Nat, for your time and I wish you well. Thank you. All right, thank you.